I'm just saying, parenting is always a struggle. You always feel like you're failing, but then you look at them and somehow they're amazing. Somehow they're literally the bravest, kindest, most heroic men on the planet. Kids, <clears throat> they'll always surprise you. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are barreling towards the end of season 14. We're almost at the end, Chris. I think we have two more episodes left after this one. That seems crazy. It seems wild. Yeah. This, uh, you know, these short seasons, I guess, really, really snuck up on us. It did so. Uh, Real quick, we're going to shout out the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for keeping the lights on, supporting us. They get all kinds of cool stuff. Go check out that website to see what all of that stuff is. Uh, We, at at the end of every season, if you're new here and you don't know, we do a feedback episode with a guest uh, where we read your commentary. We don't have a lot of season 14 feedback yet, uh, so please get that into us. Go to monsteroftheweek.cool, contact us. You can DM us on any social media platform that you happen to follow us on. Um, you can email us, drop me a DM on Discord. I don't care what the fuck you do. Just get it, get us some stuff. Tell us what you think about Just, season 14. Yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up. Uh, and in the meantime, Chris is going to remind us what's been happening in season 14. Last time on Supernatural, please, please, please just let it be true. Nick is dead. <laughs> After somehow getting the better of the Winchesters yet again, Nick was finally immolated by Jack and everyone clapped. But unfortunately, Jack's powers are as of yet untamed. Uh, and in a fit of emotion, Jack accidentally kills Mary. Even with the power to bring her back to life, things may never be the same. You can tell I wrote that before we watched the episode. Watching this episode, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we are covering season 14, episode 18, Absence. This is written by Robert Behrens and directed by Nina Lopez Corrado. This aired on April 11th, 2019. The state of being away. Sam and Dean continue to worry about the condition of Jack's soul. 
Uh, this contributes greatly to my conspiracy theory that nobody who's writing the supernatural uh, summations on CW website is actually watching Supernatural at all. No, <laughs> don't, I just no. don't think that that's true. I just think they read the last one and then come up with this yeah. one. <laughs> they had the they had the intern prepped. That was it. Yeah. Um, so we quickly get updated on Jack Kelly Michael absorbing his grace, losing his soul. Nick trying to resurrect Lucifer, Jack killing him, and then maybe doing something with uh, Mary. And then we start the main episode with, uh, which is going to be like a, I guess what we would call a a, a meta plot only episode. So we're mm-hmm. not going to have mm-hmm. any distractions. No werewolves pop up. No vampires. No genies. No 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 no, no rugaroos. No yep, ghost no, no, trucks. Nothing. Nothing. No it's, just, it's just going to be Sam and Dean dealing with uh, the Jack problem, um, which mm-hmm. I have complained about on this podcast as recently as last week, and for whatever reason. Yeah. This week it works for me a hundred percent better. Maybe it's just a different writer, Robert Barron's. Like I he's 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 the guy. But wow, what a great episode this is! It, yeah, it, it's really good, and I think being character focused is helpful. A lot of times they'll focus on meta plot stuff without like actually having any sort of character growth or really any like spotlight on anyone in particular in in, in a, an important way. Like, of course, this is meta plot stuff because Jack is going through it, but we're focused on the characters' reactions to it, and I think that that's the kind of stuff that we like to see. Even if there's no monsters or like actual hunting, we're getting those character moments that that leave you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a uh, this is paced really well too. Like the. Mm. Um, as the as the boys are running around the country trying to chase Jack down, like it, the it just seems like it gets more and more tense as the episode progresses, which is you know and down to the writing yeah, and the directing. They, they, do they do a good job. They do a really good job uh, splitting the time between Jack and Dean. And even though I really dislike Dean's reaction to all of this, it also does rack up the tension like really really mm-hmm. hard because you you don't know what he's gonna do. Now it doesn't really he doesn't do anything, but <laughs> you, you never know. I would be a lot harder on Dean, I think, in this episode, because I I agree with you. I think his reactions to this are almost uniformly bad. Uh, but they they spend a little time towards the back half of the episode, like basically say with Dean saying that he was wrong, <laughs> like with Dean kind of admitting that he was projecting. I mean, not in those not in those words, but like he he yeah, sits yeah, down yeah. and has the the emotional conversation to to. I just lay wish some that they could out. write Dean. You know, I could understand Dean immediately flipping the script and being like going after jack even after making him fan- i don't know i get it we'll, we'll guess we'll get into it we'll get into it yeah so uh we, we, we start out with sam and dean arriving at the bunker looking for mary and jack who are of course nowhere to be found um there's a brief conversation where dean kind of says it's a good thing we have jack like he's healed you and he's 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 <laughs> saved our ass a bunch of times um and they decide to call Mary's phone, which then they see is on the table down the way. Yeah. Um, they call I Jack. Like the time lapse shot that they do as they're kind of like calling out to Jack and Mary. So it's good. Painting, falling yeah. one of them, and then it stops, and it's now Dean, like you know, an hour or so later, sitting there drinking a beer. Um, I, I love the way they did that. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of really, really cool like cinematography, uh, cinematography mm-hmm. happening and in this. It sh- goes to show that good cinematography does, in fact, make the quality of the episode significantly Absolutely. better. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes it more interesting to to actually watch on the screen. Like I know that seems like a real basic point, but it's it's true. Like it's not a, just a bunch of you know three quarter of the screen is filled with a talking head face kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, um, they call Mary. Uh, Mary's phone rings on the table. They call Jack, and we get this like zoom in shot of Jack kind of still freaking out. Um, and then we go to the main part of the episode, which is Sam and Dean basically calling everybody they know uh, to try to figure out where Mary is. Sam has been on the phone with Rowena, who thinks she can uh, use a tracking spell to track Jack down. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then meanwhile, Castiel calls. Who Castiel's been on his own little adventure, has not known about any of this stuff happening, so Dean has to fill him in first. The way that Dean like rolls his eyes at Sam when Cass calls. Now I know it <laughs> the the scene is they're expectantly waiting to hear from from Jack or Mary, and then he sees it's Castiel, so he's like, oh, damn it. Like, that's not the call I wanted. But I just feel like maybe I'm just building it up in my head. Like, the the feud between Jack, or not Jack, Dean and Cass is, like, <laughs> bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, they decided, oh, no, 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 no. We shipped a little bit too hard in season 13. We're stripping it away completely now. Um, and I'm not even trying to be really funny. Really. Like, it, the way that Dean looked when he got the call from Cass, I was like, okay, that's fucking brutal. Well, and even... Uh, but Cass calls. Even, okay, even after the phone call, like, he straight up just hangs up on it without a goodbye or anything. Yeah. Like, he's... he Like, Dean is... Why ex- is he so disrespectful He's extremely rude to, to Castiel throughout this entire episode. And I'm like, dude, are y'all having boyfriend problems? Is that yeah, what this what is? is going on? And um, I don't think that that's how you should treat a spouse, even if you're in a Absolutely, dude. incredibly shitty. I don't know, uh, but, like, I don't think Autumn has ever hung up on me, but, like, being in argument and being hung up on is like a thing and i i I, mm-hmm. I would have to i could probably do it now but like in my 20s i would lose my fucking temper i'd be like you go fucking hang up on me i hang up on you god damn it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. i get crazy about it poor castiel um because well he calls and basically he's he's concerned about jack and mary being alone together um because he and then he, he tells them about the snake um how jack had basically he, he had the sick snake and he couldn't make it better, so he just killed it. He just evaporated it, yes. essentially. And how he's been a little bit worried about it ever since. Um, and he doesn't think that Jack is is well. And Dean just hangs up on him. Um, and once again, they're trying to... So we got nothing from that. Sam is like, alright, here, I'm going to track Jack's phone. Oh yeah, we put, we put Jack... Find My iPhone on his phone. Like, well, let's just try that yeah. before we call Jody. <laughs> yeah, come on. Before you put out an APB of... <laughs> He just he does the track my iPhone thing, and, and Jack is teleporting all over the globe. Um, and then finally, after seeing him go to all these different countries all over the entire world, we see Jack crash land back where he began at that like cabin where Mary was killed. Um, he finally, you know, he wakes up like he's been in a daze almost as he's jumping around all over these places. He gets up, he looks at his phone, he sees all these missed calls, he sees he has low battery. Um, and then before he can even take any action, he starts having flashbacks about Mary, um, as we're going to see many, many times throughout this episode. Everybody's mm-hmm. having flashbacks about Mary. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, we were, in the last episode, I specifically said, like, oh, there's no way they're going to kill Mary off like this because the boys would never forgive Jack for doing it. And, uh, like, at, over the course of this episode, because pretty early on, like, right, I think it's in this scene where, you know, Jack kind of subconscious tells himself that, like, you killed Mary Winchester. Um, but like throughout this, we're going to get these black and white scenes of, you know, memories of Mary Winchester, some of which we've seen before, a lot of which we have not, which were filmed new for this episode. And it's I was every time they would happen, I'm like, they are really about to fucking say goodbye to Mary Winchester. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, this seems so weird. This seems like such was a, it a contract thing. Like, because we left off last episode saying, well, Jack's going to bring her back. But now they're going to have to deal with the consequences of the fact that, yeah. you know, he did this. Right. Um but we were totally wrong, and it's almost doesn't make sense that we were wrong. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm at watching this episode was trying to piece together. He says later on that he wanted to make Mary go away or be quiet for a minute and make her go away. Um, so did he like evaporate, like just like destroy her for like mm-hmm. a second, and then like there was no body to resurrect? Obviously, we see there's no body later. But like, did he just do something different 
that it wasn't just like strikes her down with lightning, right? Because I feel like if it was something like that, he could bring her back. That's the only explanation that I I can think of is he did he sent her somewhere or like just destroyed her on a molecular level. That's it, that's so what it no seems. Her back. Like Sam's gonna later call it an angel blast, uh, but bigger than what they have seen before. And when we do like the zoom out shots, we see this like black spot where it looks like he just annihilated everything in a given area right so like it mm-hmm. really feels like she, he he completely de- deconstructed this woman down to ashes um but that, that's getting a little ahead of ourselves uh first yes. we have to deal with the problem that is mark pellegrino um mm-hmm. i was i was copying over the the demographic information for this episode when i saw that he was in it and he is credited as being in uh he's credited as being lucifer comma or parentheses jack's unconscious <laughs> and then he's credited as Nick parentheses corpse. And I just want to say, <laughs> if you're going to credit M- Mark Pellegrino as anything, just put parentheses corpse behind it and I will be a happy camper. That's all I need yeah. is just him to be a corpse. Yeah. Um, it's funny. If they really wanted to keep him around on the show, I would have much preferred him, frankly, being Lucifer in the back of Jack's head than sure. act- actively being a, a participant in the plot. Yeah. I don't know why we brought Nick back. That was so stupid. We're, um, we honestly, a lot of I probably time would have been that. happier. Would have been happier if they just fucking let Nick like go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> and, like that was the end of his story. <laughs> <laughs> Happily ever after for Nick. He's good. He went and freed his wife yeah. from being a ghost. Somebody's got to go over there. Hopefully Sam and Dean will handle yeah. that ghost situation at some point. But I know. Um, um, so yeah. So Jack, as he's as after he remembers some some Mary flashbacks, uh, he sees Lucifer from behind him. Uh, Lucifer flashes his eyes red, but quickly says it's not actually Nick or Lucifer. It's Jack's subconscious. So uh, Lucifer, we're just going to refer to this dude as Lucifer on the podcast. I think just for I'm not going to say Jack's easier. subconscious every time, but like yeah. no, when we're saying <laughs> Lucifer, it's this made up entity in Jack's head. Uh, and Lucifer says like you created me to try to get you out of this and you can't you can't run away from it you can't bounce all over the world you can't wiggle out of it you have to face the fact that you killed barry winchester um and jack of course is in denial so he refuses that this is true and he like says it was an accident that he did it and then Mm. he gets frustrated and he kind of uses some like angel magic to blast like lucifer away which you know it's fine like he's we're acting out on this stuff in the real world as we'll see later but uh yeah all of this is going to contribute to jack not being exactly stable right now I still feel like they're doing a better um, fall to the dark side in Supernatural than they they really do with Anakin in Star Wars. <laughs> sure, okay, I agree with you. I mean, we, if, if you take if you take out anything but the movies, because I feel like they they beefed it up in the novels and in the animated shows. Anakin's fall to the dark side is like like a two second thing where he like murders some people and then murders babies, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm bad now, baby." Sorry, dude. Um, Sorry. <laughs> he has a couple bad dreams. And so Supernatural has done two fall to the dark side stories better. <laughs> Absolutely, a hundred percent agreed. Yeah, I've I've not read the novels, but like if you go if you suffer your way through the clone wars um into especially the last couple of seasons but like the uh it, they do a much better like i came out of watching the clone wars with a just really really liking that whole arc but also mm-hmm. the clone wars has ahsoka uh who shows up in the yes. mandalorian but is not in any of the mainstream movies so like and she is the perfect foil for anakin I don't know why we're talking about this on a supernatural podcast now, but let's let's just Get move on. Ourselves. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the the boys the boys start trying to you know zoom in on where Jack actually is. Um, uh, oh, there's oh okay, I misread my notes. They are zooming to where Jack yes. is, which is because they finally like you know they pinged him. He's in one spot. He seems to be staying there. So they're racing to this cabin where where him and Mary had been, um, and in the car. Sam seems to suggest in, in his manner of speak that maybe, wait, maybe it's just Lucifer. You know, maybe it's Lucifer's back as Nick was trying to summon him. Maybe that's all this is. Um, 
which to show that I think goes to show how afraid they are of Jack going dark side and something bad happening with Jack, not just because they're afraid of his power, but they're just afraid of the implications of that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he, Sam would rather believe that Lucifer was back than he would believe that Jack had done something to Mary. And that's because it's, and one of the main themes with this episode is it's because of family. Like the thing that mm-hmm. the Winchesters are so famously protective of um, is the thing that is working against them in this. It made them blind to, you know, Jack's fall to the dark side, if you will. Like it's, and we're going to get a lot more of that conversation towards the end of the episode, but that's, that's what's happening. Like they accepted him so completely and they wanted him to be so good and they, they, they're, their faith in him or even Castiel's will talk about this in a few minutes like Castiel's faith in them was so high that they were they were able to allow themselves to to not see the warning signs and that's what mm-hmm. Sam is doing here and and Dean mean well is just doing the anger thing where he's like I don't I don't want to talk about snakes <laughs> number one I don't want to talk yeah. about any snakes let's go find Jack let's find mom and we'll deal with stuff like he is he is single-minded about this um and he's going to be throughout most of this episode um Eventually, they pull up to the cabin. Um, they they go in. It's at night. These are really cool shots too. There's a real lengthy shot of the mm-hmm. Impala pulling up and the boys getting out and kind of splitting up to go look at everything. Um, they inside the cabin. Sam finds the corpse of Nick and starts uh, yelling for Dean. Um, Dean doesn't respond because he's found this uh, angel blast area, which I think like the music makes very dramatic, but the visual on this is not as dramatic as I. Like it was really dark, and kept, maybe uh, yeah. As they were pulling out, I was uh, in like showing a wide shot of it, and the music is swelling. I was thinking, like, do I have a glare in my screen? Am I not seeing something? Yeah, exactly. Like, I get it; it's a big scorch mark, but it also kind of just looks like dark dirt. <laughs> like, it didn't really look like anything in particular. Like, you know, just, and just, compared oh, yeah, to this... compared to like the visual of say Dean being pulled out of hell by Castiel back in mm-hmm. season four where all the trees are knocked down and everything. And like some of the like angel blast that we have seen when angels die, uh, clearing out room and things like that. It just, this felt, and I would, sometimes my TV is a little too dark. Uh, it's the, I guess the cost of having a little fancy TV that does true blacks is you're like, what the fuck is happening yeah. in this? I can't see. <laughs> so I, as I was watching this, I was like, well, this is a little visually underwhelming. Um, and I, but even towards the end of it, when it's going to be day and like the camera zooms out of this, I'm like, Oh, it just looks like a, like something in between the size of a kiddie pool and a normal pool. Like I yeah. don't know. <laughs> y'all had the, y'all had the above ground pool out here for too long. Yeah, yeah. Killed you killed all the grass. All the grass. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to move that thing around. You got to do a chicken tractor yeah. with it. Come on now. Um, so they find this, uh, and then we switch over to Castiel, who is mm-hmm. also remembering a time with Mary, uh, where they had just finished up um, hunting some vampires together and uh, mary was wounded and when castiel offers to heal her she kind of pulls back and admits to be still being a little afraid of castiel and uh this was right after she was resurrected um so this is like shortly afterwards and she's still trying to get to try to figure out everything saying that um you know i i the angels are real and they're like our buds and they can just heal anything yeah. with a touch of a glow. Like this is all like still new. And they jump in, um, hat Winchester's truck. Great fucking happy to see hat Winchester's great, truck. Great callback. Um, I tried to edit, uh, the wiki page cause they have a page for Cassiel's truck. Um, uh, but our, mm. our account has been locked, so I can't even do an edit. I was going to put in hat. Oh, this truck, so oh, we are totally, no. we are totally blocked from the supernatural wiki. So, you know, <laughs> RIP us. Um, but the big emotional part of this scene is that when they get in the truck, Castiel tells her, you know, it's 
it, I know I don't have to say this, but Sam and Dean are extremely happy to have you back. Like, even if you have to adjust or even if you have to do whatever you have to do, like, finally, they don't have to have, they don't have to be so alone. And she tells Castiel, Castiel, they were, they were never alone. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. the implication of there being that like, Castiel was with them. Um, and this is what Castiel is remembering, just that, that moment of acceptance into, or one of many moments of acceptance into the Winchester family, right? Like, yeah. just, just it's a, that. It's a very sweet moment. Yeah. And then they pull out. And it's just Castiel sitting in in his car in the dark. And it's like a really, really just strong like juxtaposition against that because he was just sitting there with Mary. It was this happy moment. And then just cut to him in like nighttime, dark, alone in his car. And then he gets out. And it's it's a really cool shot. Um, Castiel goes into the cabin. Uh, Sam is covering Nick's body and is worried. Like, did Jack do <laughs> For that? For some reason, Sam's upset about this, too. Yeah. He, I, you know, it's just... I, I, and they don't spend a lot of time on it. And there's actually like a pretty lively conversation happening in our discord about that, right? That very thing right now of like, what is, what it was an acceptable level of torture or what have you. Um, that was yeah. <laughs> what we got was acceptable. I think, I think we, we said this in the last episode, but just, I think it might bear repeating is that like, for me personally, it was very gratifying to see a character that I can't stand. And I think should be, has, had been off the show way, way back when, um, it was satisfying that was cathartic Mm -hmm. uh like from the perspective of mary in the show being horrified that her sweet little baby boy jack is doing these horrible things that makes a lot of sense to me like it makes sense that she was horrified by it it makes sense that even you know i think sam says this like says this even nick nobody wanted nick to be more dead than sam i don't know if that sentence made sense but uh like even he wouldn't be the he doesn't want he doesn't think that nick should be tortured to death he just wants the dude dead right. so well it was over in like what 10 seconds i mean that's not a lot of torture yeah that's, but, not, that's not a long time a i've had stomach aches that were, that were worse than that <laughs> um but castiel arrives um they fill him in on everything and this is where dean is going to uh or his thoughts kind of solidify uh, and he says to the room, basically, it's it's hard to even it's hard to even say that he's talking directly to Castiel, even though he uses the word you here. But he says that if Jack has done something to Mary, then Castiel is dead to them um, mm-hmm. because of this, this is a, thing this, that Castiel didn't tell I, him. I really, really don't like this. I don't know why they decided that Dean would hang up on this. I think it's. I don't know, emotionally abusive, like it's just I know that the people really like Dean and people can have different opinions i really really think it's fucking shitty the way that they wrote him in this i get the like smashing the chair and being angry and all this stuff but to pin it all on castiel like that and i know he's just he's he's scrambling for something it's just i really i think it's a bad look i think this is not a a compelling heroic (laughs) tragic thing for gene i think it's just fucking mean and shitty for him to do that and if somebody did that to somebody else after losing a loved one i think that that would be really really mean and hurtful um and I don't like this. I don't like that he that he decides that he's going to blame Castiel the whole episode. It's hard to reconcile the character development that we've seen from Dean Winchester of being relatively aware of his own emotions and coming to terms with things in his life, especially the post-Michael, um, blaming himself, but realizing he's blaming himself for things and that kind of thing. And then what feels almost like a regression to an extent where when when mary is in danger he just starts lashing out like he you know, as you mentioned he breaks a chair he says i'm dead to you or you're gonna be dead to me if jack did anything to her to castiel it kind of pins all of this stuff on castiel because of a snake that he doesn't even really want to talk about like it you know mm-hmm. at one point castiel mentions the snake again and like you could tell that he just he's like i don't even want to like he he's just so frustrated with it 
and the I think the charitable read on this is just that this is emotional, right? Like this is just yeah. this is just his raw emotions coming out in whatever form that they come out in, and he hasn't had time to process it, so he's just lashing out at everybody around him. And once again, like we see him doing something physically, breaking a chair, and the camera goes right to Sam Winchester, who flinches when it happens, which kills me every time. Yeah. It's a cut to the heart every time it's, it happens. You know, it's not good to make your loved ones feel that way. No, um, no, not at all. I don't know all. why they try to make Dean into this, like, this bullish bully. You know, he's emotionally abusive to them. It's it's not... just doesn't seem like Dean at this point. Yeah. And I don't know why they always go back to this over and over again. Like, how are we supposed to keep justifying this and it's not like it's the end of the world like he's gonna forgive Cass and all this shit but like it's just it's it's shitty to see like castiel has his has his big speech so after dean's first time lashing out you could um castiel starts talking about how he thought jack was good how he'd be good for for them and how he'd be good for the world and he never his faith in, in jack never wavered and then jack killed the snake and that wasn't bad but castiel says it was the absence of good um, and he thought that he could fix it on his own. Castiel thought he could handle this on his own. Um, and that if he could go back and change something now, of course he would. Um, but Castiel says he failed them. He failed them all. And before he, he could say Mary's name, that's when Dean snaps at him again and says, you know, don't, don't, I don't even want to hear you say her name. Yeah. And that's where it's like, I feel like Dean is, they, they decided to have him take it to the next level of, uh, I, I just, it's Castiel's family too. Exactly. And I think it's really, really shitty for him to do that. Um, you know, in, in the past, like he, the way he would blame Sam for stuff, it makes sense. Like in season four and five, when Sam opened the, or started the apocalypse or whatever, you'll let Lucifer out. Like Sam went behind Dean's back for a whole season drinking demon blood, gaining all this power that he knew was bad, hiding it from Dean. And then, of course, of, so of course, Dean's going to be like, yeah, it's your fault and I can't trust you anymore. But just like this one insignificant thing where Cass is like, oh, that's weird. He killed a snake. That seems a little odd. But, I, you know, I'll keep an eye on it. Like, that's not something you need to have a big discussion about because they're not on the TV show Supernatural. I mean, well, they're not watching it where where they didn't see Castiel with the with the soap opera look through the, the half open door watching this happen. Like, it wasn't this dramatic thing. Castiel just he notices it. It's strange. That's not something that you need to sit down and have a conversation about. But he's keeping an eye on Jack. And unfortunately, things quickly escalated because Castiel was written out of the show for a few episodes. He had too much to do. Um, I don't know. I just I wish that this wasn't happening. I wish that Dean was handling his emotions better. Um, he could freak out and break whatever he wants, but he, he needs to stop blaming his family every time something else happens to his family. Agreed. I, I agree with a lot of that. It's it's really difficult for me to like reconcile again, like modern, what I consider modern day Dean, which is very much a, I've made mistakes. People make mistakes. Like we've got to move forward. We got to fix the problem with this Dean who is just literally lashing out at everybody around him. Um, and I, I, we don't know that he forgives Cass because like they work together to, to get to the end of this episode, but at the end of this episode, like Castiel steps towards him and like Sam shuts him down. <laughs> He's like, no, don't go over that right yeah. now. He's mad. Like, couldn't, couldn't it be, I mean, I know that Dean eventually comes to terms of saying it was all our faults or whatever. I don't know. Just not cool. I don't like it. So, uh, at this point, Rowena calls Sam, uh, Rowena has been trying to find Jack, but the energy level is all over the place. So she's not succeeding. Um, she also did tracking spell for Mary and she doesn't know that anything for certain, but she knows she's definitely not on this earth. And this is when Dean starts breaking things. Um, and Sam asks, what do we do now? And Dean responds with, we, we, what we always do when we lose one of our own, we fight and we fight to bring them back. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Dean immediately jumps into resurrection mode with, let's go to Rowena, let's get the Book of the Damned. It has to have a spell. Uh, he kind of barks at Castiel. He barks the orders at Castiel. You go to heaven and you mm-hmm. find Mary. Um, and then we switch over to Rowena, who is doing spell stuff when knock, knock, knock at the door, and surprise, it is Jack. Yeah. Uh, he says he needs help. He needs her, he needs her magic. He admits that he killed Mary. Um, the first time from and... his voice we've heard that. Yeah. Because when Rowena says... Mary is no longer on this earth. I thought that was supposed to be like a, a misdirect. Yep. To say like she's actually still alive, but she's somewhere else. But then Jack just comes here and tells us, "No, she. I killed her." Um, he he sees the book of the dead. He wants to to get her to use a spell from that. And so Rowena is like, "Okay, okay." She's rolling with it. She knows this is a delicate situation. Um, and she says, "Yeah, well, the we need we need an immense amount of power, but the the, the spell ingredients are pretty simple. You know, you might have those back at the bunker." Um, and then he realizes that she's just trying to buy time until the Winchesters get there. Yes. Um, there's a little bit of dialogue from Jack where he talks about the what happened when he says it was just an accident. He says, you know, I only wanted her to be quiet, to be gone for just a second, and I thought it, and it happened, and now I have to be able to undo that. So, like, he literally just lashed out in a moment of, of emotional thing. And it, we're probably, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in the next two episodes, but it's, it's odd to me because of the stuff that they have shown us with the soulless people in Supernatural, specifically Sam and Donatello as being mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, the name of this episode is Absence, right? Like Castiel mm-hmm. just said that what, what Jack did with the snake wasn't bad. It was the absence of good. Um, but then we get Jack with this like huge amount of emotions lashing out. Um, so it wasn't, it, it almost feels like, it, it not like a plot hole or hypocritical or anything, but it feels like contradictory almost, which is fine. Like yeah. it's, it's it, like if he, d- cause we don't, we haven't confirmed that he has zero soul. Like he could have a soul in there that's fighting its way back or whatever, whatever supernatural right, bullshit. Right. We want to come up with it, but it's just, it feels contradictory in the way that he lashed out at Mary versus the way that they're actually worried about Jack lashing out to people, which is like being super cold and like fixing problems in the most direct and mm-hmm. brutal ways possible. So, yeah. Um in, in some ways it's it's almost seems like this is less of a soul issue and more of just uh, a two year old issue. Not having <laughs> yeah, not having the responsibility to like control your power, you know what I mean? Like it all came back so fast and now he can suddenly do anything again and yeah, maybe some of his soul is gone, but now it's just like he's being irresponsible with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um while this is happening, Jack, Sam and Dean uh knock on the door. Jack realizes she's been stalling. By the time Sam and Dean are able to break the door down, uh, Jack has flown away. He's 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 winged off with Rowena and the book of Casti and the book of Castiel is almost what I said. It's a different book. Yeah. <laughs> book of the Damned. Um Castiel shows up at the entrance to heaven, the old uh children's playground. playground he starts calling naomi on the, the angel radio and she's not responding um he's just poor th- Cass. he just sounds so sad he does he just fucking just brutalized him and then just sent him on his way sent him on a little errand no respect for him whatsoever um i don't what do the writers think of castiel do they hate him too what's going on here yeah what is what is happening uh meanwhile jack and rowena show up at the bunker um and he sees some notches on the floor which uh, throws him back into yet another flashback with Mary, where Mary was teaching him how to handle a knife, and then he was dropping it, and it was sticking uh, blade down into the wood. Uh, Mary is very calm and patient, and you know, with him, you're doing a good job. Uh, you know, this is this just takes time. 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Jack is worried that Dean's going to get mad when he sees the notches on the floor. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen Dean scrawl his initials on yeah. just about every fucking surface around him. Like, I don't think he's going to get <laughs> mad at some Nicks, man. Yeah. Um, but she just, she, you know, takes the kind of this really direct approach and just moves the table over it. She says, what not, mm-hmm. you know, what, what marks? Um, right. And then it does something weird, which I was not really in support of because I was going to argue because Jack walks off and Sam walks up and then it's just Sam and Mary having this conversation. Um, and then at the end of the memory, we, we fade to Sam in the, in the present day having remembered this. So this went from very off-putting to me. Like, well, if you're going to set up that people are remembering stuff, why are you also showing us things that Jack wouldn't remember right, until right. they bookend it with, oh, Sam just happens to be remembering this exact thing. It just it ties together. <laughs> so it yeah. went from like me being like, what the fuck are you doing, Supernatural, to, oh, that was actually pretty deft. Like, good congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played, I suppose. Um, yeah, Sam has a beard here, so I wonder when they actually filmed this. Um, if it was back at the beginning of the season and they were just storing it. Um, or if this was something they filmed when they just had Jared Padalecki growing a beard or put some makeup on him. I don't know. I'm just curious about the beard. Um, but they start talking about parental guilt and how he feels like, you know, after the, the hunters died. Um, oh, no, maybe this is something he talks about later. Because he's while it seems like this is when they were looking for Michael, right? Um, it's not really important. He talks about how he wasn't there for Jack. And Mary says the same thing about not being there for her, uh, for Sam and Dean. Um, yeah. and, and that's it. Parental guilt. There we go. Yeah. And then we fade back into Sam and you realize, okay, all right. All right. Fair enough. Well done. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Um, specifically it said like, you know, it's, you always feel like you're failing them. And then they turn out to be these amazing, amazing men, the most heroic men on the planet. So, um, we, sw- we switched to Sam and Dean is in the background kind of yelling about not knowing what to do. He's still mad at Castiel. And Sam, this memory has unlocked like a realization in Sam where he says, you know, it's not just Castiel. It was me too. Like, it was also you from the very beginning. Like, we've you more than most of us here. Like, we always knew that he was incredibly dangerous. We, you know, you questioned the very idea on, of him being here. You wanted to kill him. And it's Sam's fault that he's even there because Sam brought Jack back to life without Jack even telling him that he wanted to be brought back to life. Like that was, Mm. he was the one that did all of this magic to make, to put Jack into the situation that he is, he's in now. And Sam kind of closes this out saying like, he's, he's family. Like he's, he became family. So we were willing to look past everything. And he says after, you know, Maggie and the hunters were, were murdered, Sam just kind of checked out and he just pushed Jack onto Castiel and, you know, just kind of knew in his head that something would, something bad would happen eventually, but he didn't realize it was going to be this. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is where Dean kind of responds and he sits down and I I like this moment because of how much I don't like the previous Dean stuff. Um, And I feel like this almost, it's almost earned. (laughs) Like it almost makes him earn all of that previous stuff, even though I didn't like it Mm -hmm. at the time. But this, like, him sitting down and going, like, just kind of exasperated and, and not even exasperated, but just defeated, right? Exhausted and saying, yeah, it's, it was me too. Like, I had this conversation with Donatello and he, he warned me. He said, you know, he, he was probably okay, but he has all this power, so we, you don't really know. And I should have recognized that as the warning that it was, and I didn't. Um, so Dean, like, also accepting that he has some sort of fault in this um, isn't an apology to Castiel, which I think he owes, but, like, it's still pretty far yeah. down the path of what I want. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um, we're getting there, I guess. We're getting there. It's definitely, it starts to redeem him a little bit. I think that they could have maybe just 
altered. I mean, I get whatever. It doesn't matter. It, Dean did what he did. They they wrote him that way. I wasn't happy with it, but at least they're they're coming back from it a little bit here. Absolutely. Um, back over to Jack, who is they're at the bunker now. Still, he's imp- impatiently waiting for Rowena to to you know create this spell, um, and she starts to explain it to him like, hey. I want the same thing as you. The boys want the same thing as you. We're all working towards the same thing, but we need to do this carefully and take our time because this is fucking necromancy. Uh, and while, you know, Jack is waiting, he's getting irritated. He starts to see Lucifer again. And Lucifer is telling him that, you know, hey, you don't you don't even feel anything anymore. These are all fake emotions. These are just echoes of your previous guilt and, and stuff like that. But the, these aren't real emotions. Um, Rowena is very confused as to what she's witnessing because she doesn't see anyone. <laughs> Shout out to Rowena for just, uh, or Ruth, I guess, for just absolutely killing these kind of scenes and just like rolling mm-hmm. with it. Um, just super it, It's good. really interesting to see. She actually is, she's acting very different throughout this mm-hmm. um, because she's so cautious. She doesn't want to, she knows she can't play Jack. Like maybe she had tried to play Lucifer in the past or anything. Like there is, there is a different version of her. She seems like she's trying to act maybe more motherly than we always see her. Um, we know she has that part of herself. Um, but there, this you can tell she is like really like on edge around him and trying to be soft. And okay, everything's fine. No worries. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're all on the same team. Um, and it's really interesting to see her like that. I'm um I like this because it's a it's it's a direct result of her character development throughout season thirteen and season fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like she is now kind of fully on the boy's side and made you know a little bit of like what's in it for me kind of thing but for the most part is just hey like i'm I'm here to help like she helped with the jack situation she she's just willing to help and she because she's part of the team like i don't i don't know that she's been accepted in as family just yet um Mm. i mean maybe when her and sam finally get married because you know sam definitely thinks that that's happening (laughs) he's sending out invitations and she's like what are you talking about Um, (laughs) i'm I'm on vacation on this day that you've picked i didn't even say yes I wonder if it's if it's even just like, you know, having a, a network of people in your life. Um, she doesn't have to be alone all the time, yeah. even though all we ever see of Rowena is them calling her for something. But like maybe, you know, maybe we can imagine there's there's more to that to relationship than just transactions. Right. Um, well, there's some impl- just, implied stuff I, where like her and uh, or not apply, but reference stuff with her and um, alternate universe Charlie on, on you know, on a right. road trip together right. doing doing magic shit or whatever. So. It's good to have friends. She's just like living her life. She has her lavish apartment. She seems like she's protected currently. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just kind of she's living it up. Um, so why not have some fucking friends? <laughs> so all of this culminates with uh, Lucifer telling Jack that the spell won't work. And Jack kind of once again, lashing out at nothing, uh, rushing over and demanding to know if uh, Rowena is done. And she says, we're done, but we need one more thing. We need Mary's body. Um, Oof. Which doesn't seem like that's going to be a good one, Chief. <laughs> What's going to be hard to get? Yeah. Uh, Seems like we that might be a key missing ingredient. <laughs> Castiel has still not been allowed in heaven. And as he's calling for Naomi, our old friend Duma shows up. Um, shout she, out to Duma. Shout out to Duma. We love you. Uh, I tagged that actress on Twitter the other day in a fit of just absolute insanity. So Erica, if you're listening <laughs> to this, my bad. Didn't mean to do that. We don't we don't do we don't tag actors. We don't tag actors. I don't know what I Twitter. was thinking. We don't um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jeremy. I'm, I, it's amateur hour over here, dog. It's really Icarus, is. bro. Find <sighs> you close to the sun. We don't do that. What if we had gotten the RT and we just it would just all downhill from there? That was the highest at the podcast peaks. It would have been terrible. Uh, we don't Uh-oh. we can't. We can't. 
she knows that Castiel is there looking for Mayor Winchester and basically tells him to leave. Uh, she tells him that Mary is at peace in a special part of heaven and that she died painlessly and instantly. And the, the lines so are like, kind of like ideal situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of like Aragorn on that hill. Like just, I'm, I'm dead. For real. <laughs> For real. All right. Um, I'm going to go sleep now. <laughs> see you later, everybody. Uh, and she, she tells Castiel, Mary Winchester is complete. You and the Winchester, mm-hmm. you and the Winchesters may not be, but she is. And I think that's a really yeah. good line. That is a really good line because it, there's so many times in supernatural where you think, do you have to bring them back? It seems like heaven would be, dope right like i know angels are like fucked up but like y'all keep fucking with bobby like let him be he's in heaven yeah. dude he's in literal heaven <laughs> seems like he's having a great time up there like let's let him go like let him be man stop like i get sam and dean when they you know they get trapped in hell or whatever they, they you know they gotta they gotta make that right but they, like if she's in heaven that's over bro that's game over you would think um you, you would absolutely think and again we talked about this a lot at the time when what's her name uh brought Mary Winchester back the first time and like oh it must be super fun to be plucked out of like the best part of your entire life like this this ultimate uh, you know comfort memory that just loops over and over again that you're not even aware of you're just experiencing ultimate bliss and they get pushed back into a a world where you like you know you have to poop and pee and eat again like that sucks (laughs) (laughs) like you know it's a downgrade and like you know Mary getting back to this point is probably good for Mary and it's arguable whether or not she wanted to live her life with her sons and potentially see them get married and all that stuff like you can have a whole conversation about this if you really wanted to but at the end of the day like if you get to heaven like I don't know just leave me there (laughs) like it sucks seems like that's seems like that's chill (laughs) if I was if I was in hell come get me you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> like if yeah. i'm in hell if I'm, purgatory, if, I'm in, if, I'm in, if I'm in the purg if i'm in hell come get my ass if, if i'm, I'm in heaven, the empty like stay the fuck out <laughs> ring up let me know let's see what's yeah, going on yeah. but if yeah, i'm in heaven through. man just you know especially if heaven's okay like for a while there they were like if i'm in heaven like call first you know what i mean call first yeah like let me know like see see what's <laughs> going on i'll let and i'll let you know if i'm coming back like exactly yeah hey just found out you're, you know we're, we can bring you back you want to do this and then i can decide you know leave it up to me i'm in heaven let me decide what's the thing on facebook when you say like if you're going to an event or not you're like interested <laughs> like yeah. let me see i might be kind of i'm interested in coming back to earth I'm but i'm interested. not committing i'm just interested what all y'all got going on down there <laughs> yeah yeah it's complicated is what i'm saying yep. <laughs> do you have central air because i'm tired it, of being hot that's one thing I know, wanna, you know <laughs> Kansas seems, is hot. <laughs> seems like you guys have a whole pandemic situation down there. Maybe yeah. you know, reach call me when the virus is or the vaccine is at ninety percent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Jack brings Rowena to the cabin, uh, presumably mm-hmm. where the body is. But of course, as we've seen, the body is just in this kiddie pool full of ashes. Uh, Rowena d- starts, you know, saying, "This is not going to work. Like, you don't, you don't have all of these parts. You don't have all these pieces." Jack, of course, doesn't listen. He grabs the book and he's going to do the spell anyway. Uh, and, you know, Rowena starts talking about, like, you can't do necromancy like this. Like, you're you're too hepped up. Um, and whatever you bring back, it won't be her. And then when Jack demands that he that she help him, she refuses. She goes, I will not. And mm-hmm. Jack slings her. I love this. I love th- this, this, this yeah. shot a lot where he kind of slings her. He teleports her back to her apartment and she, like, slides across the floor and hits the, the desk. I just love the idea of, like, like i'm so mad at you i need you to go like 50 miles away instantly like i'm just literally pushing yep. you away which is not something we've it's really a great seen. yeah action moment it's a great edit 
like it because it, she slams into her own desk in her own apartment. It's like, oh shit, okay. Um, and it also it it's a character moment because it's showing us is this the exact same thing that he did to Mary? Like that, you know, not obviously he didn't push her back to her the bunker or whatever. Um, but it's like a shade of that same thing of, I need you to stop talking and I need you to be gone right now. Um, for Rowena, he throws her back, like teleports her to her apartment. With Mary, he didn't do that. It, it got a lot darker. Yeah, yeah. He just basically disintegrated the woman. Um, Jack prepares the spell, starts reading it. Uh, the bowl where they've assembled the ingredients starts glowing purple. This giant purple kind of cloud opens up. This portal-looking thing opens up above his head. We're going to see a lot of these shots, and I think they're all very cool. I don't know who yeah, looks super cool. on the Supernatural effects team discovered purple for the first time in Season 13 yeah. with Marina's magic, but thank you for making... <laughs> I love, yeah, when they do like the pink, purple, like all that. The sh- those kind of shades, they just work really good for magic because yeah. we don't see them in Supernatural. Like we could probably count on one hand the amount of times somebody has worn something that was pink um so it's just a color it's like that's pink and purple are not not in in the palette for supernatural Absolutely. so to see something mystical colored that way that's just a that's a good design choice um while marowina is home she calls sam to be like hey guys he's back at the spot um and he's trying to do necromancy but he has snapped he's not whatever he brings back isn't going to be married because he he's not in a state to be able to do this Absolutely. Um. As the boys get closer to the cabin, uh, Jack kind of sees them coming and causes the Impala to to quit working. The engine, he stops the engine, hopefully not permanently, mm-hmm. or else we're going to have two problems with Jack after all of this. Uh, yeah. Uh, but they jump out. They they run they get, towards... We cut, we cut to Hunter's funeral at the end of them just burning the Impala. Burning the Impala. Oh, my God. Sam is like, I don't think this is necessary, Dean. This doesn't seem necessary, Dean. This doesn't, doesn't seem like it has a soul, but, you know, we still have season 15. Plenty of time for the Impala to get a soul, yeah, yeah. so... Uh, (laughs) don't joke about that (laughs) as the boys uh, run in like the the pitch of the wind and the the storm gets crazier and crazier purple lightning strikes down in front of Jack and the portal closes the storm dies Sam and Dean rush up Jack turns around and looks incredibly distraught and says it doesn't work excuse me it didn't work Um, Jack flies away as Sam and Dean rush up and there's Mary's body but it's unresponsive. She's she's totally dead. Um, and as he's holding her, Dean remembers this moment with uh, Mary where they were driving in the Impala and she's like kind of sleeping on his shoulder. And I'm getting choked up just now thinking about it. Jesus Christ. It's a very, very sweet memory to have. And it this is probably the most effective one and it's the shortest and nobody speaks. And it just it, it really hits home. Oh, man, the the smile like Dean is so like he's. He's got that like yeah, <laughs> like things are. Mm-hmm. This is right. Like this feels like good, and he just has that. And then of course the cut back to, you know, Sam rushing over to see the body and and Dean holding her. Um, and the camera like zooms out on an aerial shot as we see them holding the body body over this thing, um, in front of the you know kitty pool full of ashes or whatever. Um, and she she dead dead, she's dead. She dead dead. She's gone. She's gone. And so was Jack. He teleported away. I don't remember if we said that, but they're both gone. Um. And the next thing that we see is is Jack. He's hiding out somewhere. He's sulking in a wet pipe factory of sorts. Lucifer appears to him yet again uh, and tells that him, well, it, it it's done. Nah, the Winchesters will never trust you again. And you know what that means? Since they'll never trust you, that means that you can never trust them again. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Set this up for, you know, Jack to be the villain of season 14, the ultimate villain of season 14 mm-hmm. in the last two episodes, I think. Um... Sam 
is back at the bunker. He's looking through some old pictures, some of which we've seen, some of which we haven't. Um, several of it's like funny Mary seeing with, like actual old pictures of yeah. the actors. Very, it's very well done. Like you know, there's that one picture of like Sam and Dean kind of laughing at the same time, which I think is a behind the scenes shot of them in co- mm-hmm. in costume or whatever. But also like just you know, Mary Winchester holding a young Dean or holding uh, infant Sam and all that stuff is it's really sweet. Yeah. Like he's obviously going through the it emotions. Is very sweet. Um, Castiel arrives and is uh, begins to tell Sam that Mary is in heaven, um, and is at peace. Uh, Dean kind of walks. Yeah, up. it's like the setup of like, oh, well, Naomi didn't come, but Duma told me, and Dean's like, "You're just gonna take her word for it." He said, "No, I went in and I saw her." Yeah, um, and we see this, like, we see uh, mm-hmm. Castiel walk up to the Mary Winchester door, which has two <laughs> born on and died yeah. on dates, which I think it's is like just like a, very a funny. Gag. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's almost out of place. Like, it wasn't. Like it, it works completely, but I just it it was just like a <laughs> kind of thing at the, at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it, tonally, it was I was surprised it worked at the at the time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Just a very supernatural thing to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. But he says that you know she's with John, and there's no sorrow and no guilt. There's just joy. Uh. Sam says that Arena called, and she thinks that what Jack brought back was a shell just an empty body uh and a replica incapable of holding life um and i was i was like please don't tell me like fucking they're gonna have lucifer possess this empty shell or what you know what i'm saying like i was my my mind was instantly like going to some dark places some dark places um Mm. but sam asked the question you know what are we supposed to do now? And Dean says what we always do. And then like crash cut to uh, a funeral yeah. pyre. Um, it's, it's interesting. Cause we had that exact same question earlier. Sam asked Dean, what are we supposed to do now? Dean said, what we always do, we fight. But this time he just says what we always do. And then crash cut to them burning her. Yeah. Um, and this is really sad. Uh, Sam, I, I do really like the parallel of that, of that line. I just don't yeah, know. I do too. What, you know, is he leaving off the we fight or is it a we do what we always do, which is say goodbye to the people we love? Like, I don't I don't know. There's an implication there that I'm, I'm really interested in. Yeah, I feel like it's. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the like what we always do when there's no option. Right. Like after we fought, mm-hmm. after we fought, we do what we always do, which is born from mm-hmm. the dead. Um, and we you know, we see that Sam comes up with a picture. We see, we see a lot of montage shots of Mary Winchester just being Mary Winchester. It's very sad. This is like the amount of montages, like you know, this is it. This is it. Yeah, this is this is about my limit. (laughs) I could I could do no. I didn't want any more of this. Uh, Dean looks incredibly pissed off throughout this whole thing. I think it's really striking to compare this to other times we've seen Dean in front of a funeral pyre, like specifically talking about Castiel's, um, even Mm. John's. uh, Well, no, they didn't do one for John. I don't think. Uh, Normally, normally Dean has some wet cheeks. We had Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Normally, we see some like some 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 wet shiny moisture on Deed's cheeks during these things and here he he's just kind of rock steady which really makes me worried about the next two episodes as far as his mental yeah. state so it feels like actually now that we mentioned it bobby was probably the last time somebody died and dean wasn't like well i'm gonna kill somebody in my immediate friend group because i can't <laughs> handle my emotions sure they decided to write me to be an asshole yeah um, we get this really great. I'm being reductive. I'm being very reductive, but yeah, yeah you can yeah. tell so- something's going to happen here. Uh, we get this really great long shot of the funeral pyre. And then um, it's back to the bunker where the camera plans to uh, this table uh, that Sam and Dean have carved their initials in. And now we see at some point that Mary Winchester has also carved her initials in there. And I, I think this is supposed to be 
a very poignant shot, but I'm I'm reminded of the season five finale where they like all of a sudden had a bunch of army men in the in the vents and the impala that I was supposed to care about. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. I, I just it, it's, you you guys spent like probably seven minutes showing me memories of Mary Winchester. Like just show me having her do that at some point because panning over to it felt like. Okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did yeah. this work for you at all? I mean, maybe I'm out of the box on this one. I don't know. I just, I, I don't think we needed that. I think for me, the the final goodbye to Mary was that that last montage as as Sam puts the, the photo in the fire. Um, and that's what like, literally like, okay, we, we've said goodbye to Mary now. And then I think it almost is more effective if you leave it off with Dean's rage. But they had to do one final farewell. So they show us the, the carved thing, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it does. It does end the episode, making you less uh, concerned about what's happening next and more reflective about what's been lost. I think that the for me, it just was kind of a useless shot. Like I don't, I don't have any attachment to this this carving of the initials thing. I think that, and this I could be like stepping into some major shit here. I don't know like what the what the, what the quote unquote fandom thinks about all this stuff, but like I just think it's bad. <laughs> like I feel like mm-hmm. carving your name into this table, carving your initials on this table, is kind of fucking juvenile and dumb (laughs) it's something that like like i understand young sam and dean doing but like these guys are what in their 40s now (laughs) yeah and especially like oh now mary winchester is there like doing it like you know what do we do like fuck the man like what do you like because that's what it felt like (laughs) yeah you know when you're in school and you're carving your initials into a desk or whatever or you're carving like you know that that fancy s or whatever like into a desk you're like you know fuck the school i don't like the school whatever that's not my property but y'all live here like y'all are fucking up your yeah, own property. Here. Yeah, you, you own this table. Like if that table has to be replaced, y'all got to go to Ashley Furniture and buy a new bunker table, and that's <laughs> not cheap. You're never gonna find that kind of sheer that sheen again. You're never not gonna find that kind of stain to match them chairs. You're just not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, so it I, ain't I, happening. So like the pan over to this to me like the the end of the episode is just zooming out of the funeral pyre, and then like, we don't see this again. But um, I think that if they had shown Mary carving her own initials into it it would have been a little bit more effective me too yeah. um mm-hmm. i assume that they didn't but if we had gotten a previous episode of her being like okay here here's how i show you that i'm really back that i'm really here with you i'm gonna carve this in and then they all go hey happy and then now like you know a season later we we see that just as as we, we lose her that would be more effective but you know i don't i don't like when they add stuff they even did this with the impala in season five where they just add all these details that were never mentioned before um there it works because you can imagine the history and you kind of always did imagine the history with the car anyway but here i, I mean it is what it is it is what it is it's, yeah, it's yeah. fine it's fine i mean it's nothing egregious and overall like a fantastic episode start to finish like i feel mm-hmm. like even with the things that I didn't like about Dean's character, like I think that it they pulled it back around when he sits down with Sam and kind of is like, you know what, this is this was my fault yeah. as well. I just I said it before earlier this season, I think, or maybe last season, but like there's just so many positive qualities with Dean, and then I don't know if it's necessary, and maybe it's like this is the new like brother drama, like where they would always stir shit up for ratings um, or keep people interested, I guess. Um, but it's just like season 14, like your fan base is not going anywhere. Like, you, like Dean can be <laughs> the supportive like guy that he is. There's so many great qualities about him, but, and then he just blames Castiel and like, that sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know but that's nothing that I really want to see happening in season 14, 15 of, of supernatural. Um, like we've been through all of this before. Let's face down the problem ahead of us. Let's face uh- down this Jack situation without infighting. It, like, I don't think that adds anything to the plot or to the writing at this point. I'll be super curious about how what dean's mental state is at the next in the next two episodes because if he's focused on revenge for jack or revenge on jack for killing 
Mary Winchester, like, he's not even willing to hear anything. If he's just, like, blind rage, we have to, you know, all all speed ahead, kill Jack, kill Jack, kill Jack. Uh, you know, I'll get that, but at the same time, I'm going to be, like, a little disappointed because, like, I'd, I kind of want Dean to... I, I want Dean to have more of an idea that this is actually his fault and that, like, killing... And I want him to realize that killing Jack isn't going to make him feel better, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I, I hope mm-hmm. is, is going to happen. And, like, I don't want him... I want him to blame himself a lot, which I know we've talked about, like, you should let go of some stuff, but, like, you should probably, you know, some of this is on you, man. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you put this and dude I in a very wish... precarious position, and, I, you know, right. it's hard not to blame the Winchesters for some of this. I wish that they could be focused on trying to save Jack. You know, if Sam is willing to be all upset about Nick's death then why can't the, them as a team think, despite how horrible this is, despite how angry we are with Jack, we still have to try and save him. Because Dean would have done that for Sam, and I know that this is not the same relationship whatsoever, no. but no matter how many awful things Sam did back when he didn't have a soul or when he was drinking demon blood, Dean would always show up to save him at, in the end because he he's family and he has to. So I wish we could focus on that, and maybe we will, but um, I don't know. I think Dean's just wanted to punch this kid's clock for a long fucking time. Dean's like me before we like actually were introduced to Jack. Like, I just kept seeing <laughs> yeah, his face he's everywhere. Co- he's like, getting turned into anti. Guy? That's how. That's <laughs> Dean. That's that was his like secret inner self. Was like this fucking kid. I um I, I think that's an interesting point that Dean would have forgiven Sam t- for just about anything because I think that's something that they're trying to underline here, which is that you know we we brought him into our lives and made him family. Like that's been underlined so many times for mm-hmm. us, and that, that that's the relationship between these people. And that's why I will be sad if there's just a hundred percent turnaround and Dean is on full revenge mode without any sort of like unless it's mm-hmm. like unless you know this is going to be a two episode arc and like by the end of the last episode like there's some some crazy shit went down and, and like. Dean has to fight himself or whatever. Like I, I don't. I want him to emotionally deal with the, with this and not just like r- go into that typical Winchester revenge paradigm. Um, I really, I really want him to like sit sit with this for a little while and th- think about like what we could have done better. Almost. Um, yeah. For and sure. I, I don't know if that makes great TV. Just sitting around like that sounds just like my life. <laughs> just sitting around drinking yeah. beer and thinking, <laughs> oh man, I should have, I could have. All right. Well, I guess I'll just play twelve minutes some more. I guess I have nothing else going yeah, on. Right, um, right. So I don't know. But still, I think we've we've been with these characters long enough that I, we want to see growth, emotional maturity, yeah. and growth. Um, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. But great episode overall, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you doing so. Thank you to everybody that's been reaching out to us on social media. Uh, we very much appreciate that. Remember, you can submit your own questions or comments about Season 14 for our Season 14 commentary episode. Uh, you can go to monsteroftheweek.cool slash contact or just DM us on any social media that you happen to follow us on. Uh, we will we'll make sure that gets to the appropriate location. Uh, Shout-outs to our patrons. Uh, Shout-outs to the people buying merch. If you're, if you're buying merch and you're not sending us pictures of where you're using the merch, you're fucking up. I'm just saying that right now. Don't do not do that. It's 2021. You'd be better. You gotta, you gotta, if you have a, a Monster of the Week shirt and you have not sent us a picture of you wearing the Monster of the Week shirt, what the fuck are you even doing? What are you doing with Come your on. life? Get, Come get, on. get better. You know what I'm saying? Just do better. Yeah. Up, uh, up your game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Chris, I forgot to pull up the next episode. Oh, it's, yeah. Next week we'll be covering um, the penultimate episode of the season tagged as a pillar of salt.
Can't wait to uh, follow up this really emotional episode with uh, what looks like a Monster of the Week episode written by Buck Lemming. For real? <laughs> I mean, investigate a string of suspicious deaths that have a bi- biblical element to them. Like, really? Okay, cool. I thought they already did that this season. I, I mean, it seems like they've done that a lot. So, can't wait to see Buck Lemming's take on all of this. Yeah, you know they're going to write Dean well. <laughs> God, I'm going to be so angry next week. Or whenever we record that. Hola, amigo. Hola. Come on a star. Um, bien. E2. I think that's the limit of my Spanish right there. That's Hurricane, actually not true. Like a Hurricane couple months Chris ago, in the chat. I was um mm. what's that? I said Hurricane Chris in the chat. Hurricane Chris in the chat. A couple months ago. I said something to Jess. I think I just said, like, hola, amigo, or whatever to Jess, which is incorrect as it is. Um, I said that, and then for some reason, just, like, a flood of Spanish phrases came out of my mouth. Okay. It was all this stuff that I had learned in high school that I completely forgot. Now, I was probably using some of it incorrectly, but I, it was just crazy to tap in by accident <laughs> to some just to some piece of knowledge that was hidden away somewhere. You always think, you know, every Lord of the Rings fact I learn, I lose a piece of math or algebra, you know, whatever. But, you know, maybe it's still hiding in there somewhere. You just have to find out how to access it. <laughs> what do you think is the, like, deepest, nerdiest Lord of the Ring fact that you know? Like off the top of my head, I don't know if I can think of anything, okay. um, but I do know some, I do know some some deep shit. I, that's I got nothing. I have nothing at the moment. How uh, old is um, that ranger dude that you like a lot? Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. How old is that? I guy? think he's like I think he's seventy six or something okay. around. He's in his seventies during the Lord of the Rings. Okay, and he looks like he's like thirty because he's yeah because he's a, he's one of the Dunedain or Dunedain uh, whatever okay. men of the north who like um he's also like of the line of kings so I don't, he's just special you know he's fucking he's <laughs> he just special. gets he just gets the he gets the Wolverine treatment just because he's yeah. he's <laughs> he's just special I think you, he dies around age one fifty or something like that um and even then i'm pretty sure he just like decides it's time to die and then he's like okay arwen i'm going to sleep and she's like she's like but i'm still married to you why are you doing this he's like i'm sorry i just gotta die and then i think she like after he dies she goes back to the hill where they first met and then just also dies um because if you live for a long time you get to just be dramatic you you just Um, get to decide that shit you're like okay i'm done i'm done with this will to live this stuff so i'm done because after after the ring gets thrown in and they defeat the armies of Sauron, then it's up to King Elisar, Aragorn, and um, oh, King Aemer. I guess Aemer becomes king of Rohan. The two of them, they they join forces, Rohan and Gondor, and they go just do an orc genocide. Okay, <laughs> cool. They just decide they're going to kill all the orcs that are left. While they're killing um, all the orcs, do they also implement uh, like Medicare for all? Do they? Are they in for abs- a? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because um, I, I, I guess I guess the idea of Lord of the Rings is that it's supposed to be like England before England, mm-hmm. like before you know recorded history or whatever. Um, so they got to get rid of the orcs because we don't have those. We don't have those here. Yeah, but then they, <laughs> then they the do have to high. set up national healthcare service. They need to set up the NHS uh-huh. though. So I want to see, and that's why that's why when that was brought 
to the table, Aragorn goes, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping going out. to sleep. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would rather kill myself than help anybody else. Unless it's an orc and I want to help them to yeah, the uh, 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 to purgatory. Uh, what age does the Lord of the Rings world get in age, get Medicare for all? That's the question that we have I to ask ourselves. I think that sounds like a fifth age, like a fifth age thing. <laughs> How many ages are there? I think um, I think Lord of the Rings takes place during the third age. And mm-hmm. each age is probably like three, four thousand years. Um, I think the fourth age starts after rings. Makes um, sense. Like mm-hmm. that's a pretty strong break. I I don't you know I don't know the specifics. So we can only assume that that goes on for another three thousand years or so without healthcare for all. Um, <laughs> and then I think maybe COVID was the end of the fourth age. <laughs> maybe COVID was the end. Do you think that uh, in this Amazon series, which I've heard takes place in the first age, which mm-hmm. may or may not be true, I don't know. But do you think that any uh, of our favorite characters are going to show up? Like, I mean, presumably uh, the, the the shield surfing elf will be around because he's like a mortal or whatever, right? Legolas is pretty old, but I, you know, he's also, I guess, by elf standard, it's pretty young. Okay, we could probably will see Elrond, Arwen's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably see Gandalf because he's like a ten thousand year old angel. So I feel like he could definitely be chilling. You think they're definitely? Um, you think they're going to get the Gandalf though? Like, do you think Amazon can pull McKellen? No way. Dude, no. young young Gandalf. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to there to be a young Gandalf. It's oh like young God. Sheldon too. <laughs> Did, I mean, just baby. What if he's like six or whatever? Right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Just baby Gandalf. Yeah. Galadriel could be around. I think she actually might be confirmed for the show. I don't know. I don't know. I also heard that they might be like putting like nudity and like sex scenes in. And like not, I'm not like opposed to that stuff in in media. I don't really care. Um, but it just not in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Like Lord of the Rings is, is too pure for horniness. <laughs> what is the name of the show? Do you know? Is it does it have oh, a no, name? No, I have yet? no idea. It must be. It, I feel like it's going to be called like Lord of the Rings: The First Age or Middle Earth: The First Age or some shit shit like that, right? But no, mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's called. It just says Lord of the Rings Amazon series, so they haven't even they haven't even named the show yet. So because yeah. there's not going to be any rings unless I don't remember which age the rings were forged in, Jeremy. <laughs> so we've reached the limit on your on your on your yeah. uh, knowledge. I know that. Um, Let's see casting. So characters. okay, I take back my comment about there not being any horniness because Sauron appeared to everyone as a hot elf, and everyone was like, "Man, is Woo. that elf hot or what?" Love that guy. Love <laughs> he's that giving, that he's giving me super a ring. Yeah. Yes, bring it on. So, um, Galadriel is is confirmed. Um, okay. I'm going through the, the casting right now. Da, 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 da. It would not be a remake of the films. It would include some characters. Um, Tyra is in there. Was cast as one of the series reportedly Beldor. Um, oh, Beldor, huh? Max Fisher was cast in a significant role in October. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Joseph Mall was reportedly cast as the series lead villain Oren. O R E N. Okay. Okay. Um. And then Galadriel. Yeah, that's about it. There's also more of this, but I'm just kind of bored with looking at these names now. So. Because it's just um, Wikipedia diving, and that's Wheel of Time super... is starting relatively soon. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That should be real interesting. I. It seems like just like with Lord of the Rings, that was just a big question mark of like, will this ever happen? And then suddenly it was like, hey, we got a release date. It's um, it's it was one of those things that like when I was reading Wheel of Time, like as the books were coming out back in the early 2000s, it was like a thing back then. Like people were buying rights to it, similar to the way that what oh, happened well. to the Fantastic Four for a while, where like people would renew rights every year and like just to keep the rights or whatever. So Amazon mm-hmm. finally like did thing and, and is making it happen, which 
I don't know. I'm excited about it. Like, Amazon has good stuff on their TV. Like, uh, fuck Bezos and fuck Amazon. But also, mm-hmm. you know, they make good TV. So I participate yeah, in a society, Chris. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Sometimes you have to participate in society. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if hey, if they're going to be like a, you know, super corp conglomerate power... I, none of what I just said makes any sense. If they're going to have as much power as they do, they might as well make some fucking good TV. They might right? as well like spend a, a, just overspend a bunch of money and make Lord of the Rings uh, and Wheel of Time. So, uh, I don't even know what other... Like, I would like to see them tackle the Dark Tower, but I think it, that well has been yeah. so poisoned now with the movie that I don't think it'll ever... Like, I don't think, I think we, Stephen we King probably wants to need, fuck with it. So. Probably not. We probably need another five, ten years. We probably need somebody not associated with King directly to... Like we need, just go in and we need Stephen King to die. We need we need Joe Hill to be that's like. Not, I'm not saying I'm not saying I want that. I'm, I'm no, just no. Saying, I'm just saying I want I want I want somebody to make dark, the Dark Tower TV series after Stephen King is dead. I can't have any creative right. input on it because right. I don't. I think even though he wrote it, I don't. Th- I think he's probably the worst person for that series. <laughs> uh, Speaking of uh, medieval fantasy stuff, I watched The Green Knight last night. Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, do you like your fantasy kind of slow and and plotting and uh like beautiful and kind of weird and surreal all at the same time? Because because I buddy, think so. Do I have a movie for you? Um, that sounds like Dark Souls, <laughs> dude. It's it's really as a fan of Dark Souls. Let me tell you how hard it is not to make that direct comparison because mm-hmm. the entire game, it I even just said game instead of movie, but like the entire movie, you're it's just a dude just moving through a space that he doesn't really understand doing something for reasons that he doesn't understand with only the vaguest idea of the implications thereof. And then like surreal imagery happening. And occasionally there's a boss fight that he, he feels miserably at. <laughs> like that's it. That's what, that's what, that's the it, green dude, movie. It really is. And I'm sure there's a thousand YouTube videos on this, but like, it is fascinating how much dark souls is like permeated culture and like mm-hmm. art, like in a way that like a lot of other stuff doesn't, I don't, know if shadow of the colossus did the same thing i think that they're very very similar and i think that they inspired people in very similar ways but something about dark souls and maybe it is just the the quote-unquote difficulty about it that really just skyrocketed into like discourse for for better or worse but now it's like there's no way i assume that you can watch that movie and not feel the influence of it even if the people behind the movie didn't themselves play the game it just feels like it's it's infiltrated the culture to the point where like it is now influencing art in a major way more than any of its influences even like berserk obviously went on to inspire a million different things dark souls included but now dark mm-hmm. souls seems like it's just and it, and it just feels so like weird talking about it. like you said like you don't want to this is the dark souls of movies like it feels shitty to even talk about it but it's incredibly but it's actually is the point it's you know? the problem like, yeah, yeah. The, it's, it, the, the, the problem is when you don't want to say that because it's so hacked to say it but it's then it's accurate right like you're like oh shit yeah. this actually does apply to it um it's curious because like i feel like the lord of the rings is, is similar like the lord of the rings book had such a huge impact on mm. fantasy novels for the next hundred years even to this day but like it's weird going back because it's like kind of like going back to Berserk and realizing like, oh, this is where all the stuff in Dark Souls came from. Like it's finding mm-hmm. out who your rapper's favorite rapper is or, or whatever. Like, right. And there's a lot of like, you know, reading fantasy books and, and like, and like, wow, this stuff is amazing. And then we're going back to read Lord of the Rings. And like, for whatever reason, Dark Souls, even though it's not like the first of its kind or anything, it just has like that perfect combination of factors and it hit at just the right time to mm-hmm. have kind of taking, taken that place over from 
Berserk or from, you know, Zelda or from all of these other things that came before it that inspired Dark Souls. So now, like, yeah. it's as, as a video game player, it's hard to watch a movie like The Green Knight and not immediately think, like, oh, this is my shit. And it's, like, the same thing I like about this is the same stuff that I like about Dark Souls. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. the... Mm-hmm. But, but I think, too, my customer, who does, no, is no longer my customer anymore, but um, he was the guy that was the... Uh, best Smash player in Livingston Player Parish that I told you about. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and him and his buddies, like, they really, really love Dark Souls, and they would spend hours, you know, grinding enemies so that they could all be level 99 and just go and, like, slay bosses and stuff together. And I bet that dude fucking hates this movie. <laughs> like, I bet that dude just fucking <laughs> despises yeah, yeah. this for the exact yeah. reason, like, I don't play Dark Souls the way that he's he's playing it, and he doesn't play it the way I play it, so... Yeah, it's, it's kind uh, of fascinating. Man, it's fascinating. It's funny seeing every, every time I see somebody get a Bloodborne tattoo, there's a part of me that'd be like, wait, is that a Berserk tattoo or is that a Bloodborne tattoo? <laughs> I forget. Because so the Berserk curse sign is just double the Bloodborne one. They just they remove two of the lines yeah. from the Berserk curse sign, and that's the hunter's mark for, for Bloodborne. But at this point, like I've seen them both so many times that I forget which one is which. So I'm like, wait, are you really into Berserk? Are you really into Bloodborne? I mean, probably you're into both. Both, but, right, um, yeah. But it is, yeah, it is funny. I never really thought about it like this, and it's an oversimplification, but like Lord of the Rings was kind of like that big thing for its genre in like the 50s and 60s and then the 70s and 80s we got star wars which i feel like that was like it went from books to like now movie this the movies are the new thing and this is the biggest like pop culture influence or like you know it's influencing its genres around it like i mean it was fucking star wars it's still it's still Mm -hmm. doing that uh and now to look at you know 2011 was dark souls or maybe now more than back then um is dark souls or this vi- you know video games is that what the next thing is that's going to like permeate other art and, and impact other things i don't know yeah it, and it's weird because i feel like this is the first generation where we've had video games make a significant impact on movies it feels like mm-hmm. um like i think that you could say you could probably go back and find uh directors and writers who play video games who said like oh you know, I played The Legend of Zelda and I wanted to incorporate some of that into this script. But like, it feels like in the last few generations from, let's say, like where, th- where 3D games started getting like a little bit more hyper realistic as opposed to stylized. So like the 360 PS3 era where people who play those games are making movies and writing movies and producing movies and re- filming movies and like are using some of that same language right like the, i feel like the crossover started in the last 10 years or so so mm-hmm. it's that's i think that's why we're seeing that stuff and even then like even if it doesn't exist like you said it's hard not to see the similarities like it's you know it's one of those cases where everybody has the same good idea at the same time and we all yeah. start <laughs> yeah. doing it so i don't know i was watching I, um i was watching nomad colossus videos again the other night just because he has this series of video or they i mean i don't know their gender i don't know if they've ever been confirmed <laughs> um they're a mystery they're nomad glasses um i was watching one of their videos and it was just like odds and ends number three and it's just them showing random little things in shadow of the colossus this is what happens if you do this this is what happens if you go there with this thing on it's just it's super fascinating um and so it made me start thinking about that game again um and then you you were playing 12 minutes and you didn't have a great time with the the writing in that game and it really made me start to think like is all video game writing like kind of bad? Like even in games that I like, like I played Ghost of Tsushima last year and like I got attached to like the characters and everything, but like overall, I'm like the writing was like, you know, 
I'm not I'm not telling anybody about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just sort of like okay, got the job done. But it's like it's kind of corny. Even The Last of Us, a game that was like heralded as like this great writing and these great characters that I loved. I played that game like fucking 15 times in a row, and I love that game. But like, is the writing really everything that we like? You know treat it as is it good um, or is it good for video games right like exactly we're, let me ask you, let me ask you a question like and I, I love asking this uh because i i don't know what i would actually say the last of us let's say one because i haven't played two yet but let's say the last of us like the the writing of that video game where would you rank it against the let's say i mean i mean let's say do see the season five supernatural finale right with the with the talking about the I apollo think this, i think the season five supernatural <laughs> finale is better than the last of us uh, so rated against <laughs> rated against bugs from season one right like, okay it's better than bugs but it's not as good as the season five finale is it though is it better than bugs <laughs> like, i don't know see you know they they yeah you know because there's something about video games there is something about video games where okay so here's the thing the writing the writing in metal gear is always batshit insane but you get something out of it that you don't get out of other things because it it knows that it's a video game like as its medium so there's always the little tricks like the psychomantis turning you're reading your memory card or making you think he turned your tv off like that shit isn't necessarily quote-unquote good writing but it's what makes the experience of playing a video game better so even when you have just a lot of nonsense going on in your dialogue like it kind of doesn't matter right because you've mm-hmm. still got like a memorable potent experience right that doesn't always need writing um like shadow of the colossus i guess the writing is really good but there's barely any of it and i think that's why that game works because it lets it be a video game it lets it communicate its story in a different through gameplay rather than through writing um which maybe there's you know crossover i don't have the language to describe that's, i mean but shit, that's but the right? that's the thing right that like the less a video game says generally the better off you are like i always go back mm-hmm. to uh let me look we, we talked about dark souls and shadow of the Colossus. like neither one of them have more than say an hour's worth of spoken dialogue in it uh, dark souls obviously has a lot more text in the form of item descriptions and things but it very much both games very much let the player organically discover the story or completely mm-hmm. just ignore it if they wanted to you can pretty and, much ignore it like when i talked to you for don't give up skeleton all those years ago i knew i do did not know any lore really like I didn't, I hadn't watched lore videos or whatever. And when every time I played, I kind of just like, I kind of vibed. Yeah, <laughs> kind of just, it's just was like vibe. Into yeah. It. And it was later on that I started actually like getting in. Like you know, I had I had some idea of what was happening. I wasn't a complete dodo. Um, I was more of a wiki guy back then. You know, sure. not yeah, much yeah. of a YouTube reader. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you don't need to pick up on any of it to still really, really enjoy it and to have it like leave a, an impression on you, which is why it's so dang good. And you talk about those vibes, man, and like I. You know, I I have to to go back to the Green Knight. Like I feel like that's what because I saw some people. Uh, I've seen some people react negatively against that because it is much slower pace. Like if you're going in mm. expecting uh, a Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or you know any recent fantasy movie where there's a bunch of swords and 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 stuff that you're fighting, like you're not going to get that. Like there's you know five minutes of weird music playing while this dude you know walks across uh, some landscapes. Um, but to me. Like it's it's gorgeous and exciting, and I'm just there for the vibe. Like I'm I'm here mm-hmm. for this. But if you're like sitting there going like, okay, well, when is he going to use the axe? Then, like, it, well, it's a magic axe. He's got to use yeah. the mag. He's yeah. got he powered up. He got the axe. Like, what is he going to do with mm-hmm. the crazy magical axe? Like, that's never going to happen. And if that's what you're there for, like, you probably will be disappointed. And I wonder. I'd seen people say that before uh, because 
when the movie came out, like the the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes was like eighty or ninety percent, and then the audience score was like forty <laughs> yeah. percent, which generally means like, oh, people were not had no idea what they were getting into, and they, they their expectations were skewed from what the actual movie mm-hmm. is. And I feel like I being pre warned about that, I probably enjoyed the movie a little bit better than I otherwise would have. But it's also it's so hard. I mean. It's so hard to to so, not I don't know it's, it's necessarily hard but it feels like it's so rare that you get like really good genre writing outside of a novel. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. m- like Lord of the Rings is the fantasy movie that it is because it's like the only one that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like of course there that's not you know in in a blanket statement but like it's kind of the only one game of thrones was such a big deal because it was like kind of the only one that like was like had a higher quality you know what i mean like got people invested so um but like as people who are just fans of certain genres like i will watch all of these horrible uh ghost movies uh, found footage like horror movies or whatever like the paranormal activities of the world um None of them are good. None of them are even really scary. But I, I just like the vibes. Yeah, like I just love the, the idea yeah. of like, ooh, is a spooky haunted house? Like I don't like <laughs> that's all I need really. Like there's a lot of anime, especially horror anime, that isn't scary at all. And oftentimes it's just kind of bad, like worse than your like typical like shonen stuff. But I just like I just like the vibes. I just like the the, the spooky setting and the creepy music. And like even though the writing is probably going to fail, I'm just having a good time. Like that's yeah. kind of all I need. I'm the same way with uh, time loop, time travel, or heist movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. I will watch some fucking garbage that I don't care about just because, like, I like the concept of these things. And exactly. even when they fail, they're, they're sometimes interesting. I do, you mentioned 12, 12 minutes, and we're probably going a little long in the outtakes, but I just want to explain to you at the end of the outtakes this why this story is so fucking batshit insane and how horrible it is. And and I, and I want my I want the listeners out there to understand this too. So if you're looking to play this game, like the, the rest of the outtakes won't have anything except for these these spoilers for 12 minutes. And you don't need to play 12 minutes. Like it's a bad video game, so don't play it. But <laughs> if you were like, no, I've been waiting for this a long time. I'm going to play it by myself. Um, so the concept of the game is you're in a 12 minute time loop. So you show up. Your wife tells you that she's pregnant. Surprise! A cop knocks on the door, knocks you and her down says that the your wife killed her father eight years ago, uh, knocks you the fuck out, and you wake up. That's the second loop. So Groundhog Day okay. and a kind of a mystery adventure game, point and click. And I'm and like... F- at this point, for Jeremy, so far so good, right? You're this just, is my shit. Curious. I love this. I okay. love this concept. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. And as the game progressed, I'm, I'm like, what you do is you use the knowledge that you gain from previous loops to, to create different circumstances to get more information. So, uh, for example, like... I learned that there were sleeping pills. <laughs> so I, I figured out I could drug my wife. I don't know what that would do, but I did it. <laughs> she went to well, lay down. Make her sleepy, I guess. Yeah, she went to lay down, and I was able to, like, find the book that she was reading or whatever. Like, I, there was all this different stuff that you can do. Uh, another example is, like, the light switch in the bedroom is broken. So I figured out if you turn it on twice, whoever turns it on the second time will get shocked and will, like, fall unconscious for a little while. Huh. Uh, so using those tools, I was able to trick the cop into flicking on the light, which let me get his cell phone, which gave me his daughter's phone number, which, you know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff mm-hmm. is looping over and over again. And then it becomes a dating sim. And then it becomes a dating simulation. <laughs> um, so I finally get to the point where I'm having the classic point and click adventure game problem, which is I can collect all of these items and I can like drag the knife to the sink, right? <laughs> but it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to progress the plot anymore. Like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, right? So I finally I, I fight through that a little bit, and then I start figuring out the main plot, which is 
it wasn't the daughter. So the daughter thinks she killed her dad um, two days before New Year's Eve. Uh, but turns out she didn't. The, the the cop tells you that it was somebody else that killed him two days later on New Year's Eve. And you have a picture of her from New Year's Eve. So you know it wasn't that. And then all mm-hmm. this stuff starts coming out. Well, it wasn't. It, who else could have killed the dad? Well, the he had a secret child that the mom called said was monster and called a monster. And the dad's last words were monster and da 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 da. So all of this leads to the realization that you, the main character, are in fact your wife's brother and have impregnated her, <laughs> your sister, I hate it. I and hate killed it. your father eight years ago when he like protested this relationship, like you guys tussled or whatever. Uh, which is bad enough already, right? Like that, just like the the yeah. incest baby out of nowhere is is a little bit whatever. Like you know, the, I, it's hard to say that like content warning should exist for a mystery game because you know, mm-hmm. if they told me there was an incest baby to begin with, I'd be like, oh, that's a little weird. <laughs> but like, <Yeah. laughs> it's that's a weird thing to know yeah. before I get out of game before I play it. But also, uh-huh. like maybe some people need that because of it can be a triggering thing, whatever. But it turns out that like all of this happened. And the thing that gets me is like when you find all of that out and you see this like thing and you interact with your father from eight years ago and you you tussle and you accidentally shoot him and you wake up in the next time loop, your character says, I can't believe that I forgot that. And Chris, (laughs) there's just, there's just, Uh, there's just no way. There's just no way that you spent eight uh, years forgetting that you killed your father and married your sister. Like there's just no uh way. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Not a single, like you don't, like I, what? No, <laughs> so no, I just no. Stop I, putting gamers through this. And then <laughs> they have uh, it bad enough. They're gamers. <laughs> and then I figure out there's another thing that you go through. There's multiple endings in the game or whatever. Uh, and uh, if you do a specific ending or one or two specific endings, it resets the time loop to so where the apartment that you kind of exist in the gameplay in the gameplay world is is just completely empty. And you can't get out of that time loop. So if you wanted to go back and like see different endings or get achievements or whatever, you have to basically start a brand new save file and do all of the things that you mm-hmm. did on those first loops to be able to figure out all of these things. Uh, which at that point I was just pissed off because I was like, whatever the fuck. And then somebody online was like, actually, none of this stuff happened. This is all just a dream that this guy's having because of the trauma that he went through from killing his father. Like, there's no sister or sister's baby. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, that's that even, worse. even worse. And so this is trying to be like Silent Hill 2, but like way worse. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the plot of Silent Hill 2, but I can only Silent imagine. Silent Hill 2 is just guy gets a letter from his dead wife because he's guilty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he spends most of that game like working that shit out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, wait. Am I the baddie? <laughs> Am I the bad guy in all of this? So anyway, uh, sorry to spoil 12 minutes on this wow. podcast, but I had to yell about it somewhere because Jesus like Christ, I was angry. It stinks, Chris. So yeah, um, no more writing in video games unless no. you know it's bad. That's you know something I've come to terms with with JRPGs. It's, it's bad. And yes. I think it has to be bad in order for it to be a good JRPG. So once you reconcile that, you're good to go. Um, if you're expecting good writing in a JRPG, brother, <laughs> you're in the wrong genre. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's talk about Supernatural. Let's, let's talk about Supernatural. I have opinions about JRPG writing, but this is not the podcast. <laughs> it's bad. I, already, I said it. <clears throat> notes, notes.